Top of the morning. Is that is that what they say in uh in England? I, I don't know. I don't uh, <laughs> welcome to Excalibur. Uh, I'm joined by Jesse once again, and uh, we're going to be talking about not one but two issues of Excalibur, issues 43 and 44, both cover dated November 1991. Uh, Excalibur will be doing double shipping every once in a while. I do believe. At least for the next few years, I uh, over the summers, I, I believe it does uh, double ship then. But uh, we get a weird one this time. We get uh, two issues right at the start. And uh, how, how would you like to walk us into our first issue? Here? Ah, yes, indeed. My goodness. Well, okay, so we're getting into Excalibur 43. All right, folks. Uh, this is titled Home Comforts. But... If you look at that first page, there's a little subtitle or who exploded the toilets. Okay, Uh, it's not a question I like to ask around my home. I'll tell you that much. And the crazy thing is, it's not a rhetorical question. We're going to find out. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's funny. When I saw this, this was not too long ago. I I would say about a I was in December, I think, when I was uh, getting kind of geared up there, uh, reading some of these issues. Not too long after, well, actually, it was before that, uh, there was a guy who, and you may have heard about this, but there was a New Orleans man. I'm going to bring this link up. A New Orleans man who got arrested for, he was charged, I should say, uh, according to thesource.com, man charged Mm -hmm. for saying he's going to blow up bathroom, mistaken for a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) So he... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he walks in this is november 20th i think of 2018 or at least sometime in november of 2018 oh. so he walks into willie's chicken shack in the french quarter <laughs> of new orleans and he walks in and he says y'all about to close right now because i'm going to get a bomb and blow this place up all right he said according to the manager now that's according to the manager but uh, according to what actually he meant was that he had to go to the bathroom and he was going to blow that bathroom up. So oh. uh, mis misunderstood, I would say. All right. Yeah, well, it's in <laughs> translation. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was the first thing I thought of when I read oh, this was Lordy. who exploded the toilet. Uh, <laughs> yep. All right. So we get uh, we're, we're getting into Excalibur. Uh, let's talk about the creative team here. Sure. Uh, we got. Writer pencils, let's try that again. Writer pencils, Alan Davis. Inks, Mark Farmer. Letters by Michael Heisler. Colors by Glennis Oliver. And edits, Terry Cavanaugh. All right. Hell, what is the cover price? You said this was a little too expensive last time, is, mm-hmm. and it's still rocking that dollar seventy-five. It is. It is. I don't know if, yeah, a little too expensive for my taste back then too. <laughs> uh, but we get a bit of a dream sequence here. All right. So we kind of open up with. Uh, Nightcrawler and Megan, who are uh, apparently, uh, well, if you just open this up, you're like, what is going on here? Because there's a lot of gymnastics going on, and all of a sudden that uh, Megan is turning into a blue velvet-skinned creature like Nightcrawler. And it's wordless panels for quite a while. Then you hear Nightcrawler say, oh, Megan, oh, Megan. (laughs) He's startled awake by a hand around his throat, which happens to be Captain Britain's. Now, we were touching on this last issue where Mm -hmm. there's been some, you know, there's been some discontent between these two. Oh, Captain Britain has had his had enough 
of uh you know nightcrawler in the side eye with megan sure. um so here we go kurt wakes up he's got a hand around his throat and it it's almost like these two are going to go at it but luckily uh it looks like phoenix busts in and says hey calm down brian all right you got your book uh, just because Nightcrawler is having dreams about Megan doesn't mean he's, you know, could be anything, could be anything, sure. anything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Brian, oh, Brian knows better. He knows better. He knows that Kurt's kind of probably got a thing for Megan. Who doesn't have a thing for Megan? I mean, my goodness, she's sure. a bombshell, Very bombshell. Um, all right. Well, says Kurt bamps out of his grip before he can do that much damage, which is good. Yeah, you, you need to get out. of Captain Britain's a pretty powerful dude. Um, and, yeah, Captain Britain, all he wants is just a piece. He's got a book he wants to read, which, unfortunately, I don't think we get an idea as to what this book is. I wanted to oh, know. We, we will, and it's a very pretentious book. Oh, boy. Well, it's mm-hmm. awful thick. I will tell you that much. <laughs> it, it must uh, look really good on the shelf. <laughs> put it right up there. Uh, so... All right, Megan and Thug of TechNet pop in uh, through a hole in the ceiling, all right? Now, remember, the headquarters of the Excalibur had been destroyed. It, it, it basically was pretty much uh, exploded itself. Mm-hmm. And TechNet, after being, I guess, saved by Excalibur, at least they're, they're, they're happy hosting TechNet, and TechNet is going to be uh, cleaning up the damage that they had done minus, Oh, I can't even remember her name. What was her name? Gate the Crasher. yeah. Gate crasher. She's n- no longer uh, an influence here. And the rest of TechNet are content with helping, especially if they have a place to live, helping sure. fix things up at the Excalibur lighthouse. Uh, so yes, Megan uh, blissfully ignorant of most things. Innocently, <laughs> innocently gives Brian a peck on the lips before continuing down to the lower levels. Uh, this sort of extinguishes the situation for now. Uh, further down, Thug. Now this is this is our boy Battletoad, right? This is the guy this that is the we. Battletoad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's using his adamantine. Is is this? What does he call it? Adamantine Adam- drill. Yeah, an adamantine drill bit. I don't know if this is like some sort of a uh, like a, a variation on adamantium here, but it, it, it's melting. It what? melts on the side of the thing, so I don't know that it can be adamantium. There's no way. I was gonna say we. <laughs> We've got problems in these tools that TechNet's coming up with, as mm-hmm. if TechNet can't screw up anymore. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to see that for, uh, in a few issues. Yes. Um, uh, so, yeah. So the uh, they're trying to build a null grav elevator. That's where this hole comes in. Uh, Megan excitedly attempts to show Brian, but as mentioned, poor dude just wants to read in peace. Uh, worth noting that creepy – oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Joy, boy. Your favorite. Joy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> which I almost I almost took a screenshot of this and put it up there. Joy Boy with a dang hammer in his hand. He's got a hammer. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, is he a carpenter? Is he useful around the house when it comes? Is he a handyman as well as being a fat bulbous baby? I, I don't know. Just be a toolbox. I, now that would be interesting. You just kind of lift up a flap and grab yeah. a something or other. All right, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Scatterbrain is really getting up in Cap's business. Yeah, she's hanging around Captain America or Captain America, Captain Britain. And it seems like she's holding uh, at least real close to uh, his head. And we don't understand why most of this issue. Like, what are you doing? Um, And she's clinging on to him. And no matter where he goes, no matter how much he tries to get 
some piece. There she is. Uh, now, further down, Brian and Scatterbrain happened upon Kitty Pride and Pharaoh, who were working on diagnosing whatever it, uh, whatever it was that Brett did to Widget last issue. Now, yeah, you remember Widget seems a bit off after being disassembled and reassembled again. And uh, again, <laughs> I don't know. We don't think he was cleaned out any. So no, the apple cores are probably still in there. Yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah. you know, something's something's not right. <laughs> uh, Pharaoh is an idiot. Yes. Uh, and so blows up the entire operation, setting Kitty back a ways in her research. Brian smirks and give hit, gives her an I told you so, but she ain't hearing it. And so Cap continues down the never-ending spiral staircase. Oh, boy. We're, com- we're coming up. Coming up on one of my favorite parts. I can feel it. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> now he, he, as he continues down the lighthouse, uh, Scatterbrain, once again following Captain Britain, sees body bags sneaking into the temporary women's dorm. Oh, boy. Uh, upon hearing a rather loud chomp, uh, Brian springs into action here he is thinking the worst body bags in there and he's going after kitty for some reason but that's not the case turns out that body bag decided he was hungry and took a big old bite out of kitty's teddy bear mm-hmm. all right <laughs> notes here say brian has dropped his book oh no oh hey maybe we can zoom in and see what this book says mm-hmm. All right. can you see anything on the side there i could i could just barely make it out it is the philosophic foundation of quantum mechanics a, a book by hans reichenbach oh, written in 1944 so a book i'd never want to read is this a real book it is a real book this is a real book <laughs> it's a real yeah. book <laughs> that's not light reading either no 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 that's that's not bedtime reading that's I'm like uh... this guy this guy's just he wants to sit down he's trying to find a nice cozy spot to read that book to read about quantum mechanics yes okay mm-hmm. all right then <laughs> all right so uh kitty obviously is not placed uh, her 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 poor little teddy bear in tatters body bag who has decided <laughs> He's eating most of it. Here we go. Uh, and, and this was a gift from Alastair. Yes, Alastair Stewart of the Weird Happenings Organization. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yep. Not not the World Health Organization, which no, a whole gentlemen. different who. Yeah. <laughs> whole different who. Uh, and she happens to have quite the crush on uh, Alastair yeah. as well. Pharaoh pops over and learns that the teddy was made of nylon. Why should we be so concerned? Why is this a big mm. revelation? Well, hmm. poor body bag cannot digest nylon. No. Uh, and the immediate place that body bag decides to go happens to be the bathroom. Uh-huh. Yep. Now, that, I understand. You get a little upset stomach. Yep. This right? isn't the chicken shack, though. This is... Uh... <laughs> no, no, sir. No, sir. And you know what's hilarious is if you look at that panel, when the bathroom explodes, the what what is the word for that? Where it's the sound, the onomatopoeia. <laughs> yeah, the onomatopoeia <laughs> is bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> As the bathroom explodes and body bag comes out of it with the freaking toilet seat hanging around his neck. It, uh, he does look very relieved though. Cheesy <laughs> gravity. Now. <laughs> I want to stop real quick and just say, folks, when I said I was going to do this Excalibur book and the, this run, 
I did not expect anything like this. And I know this is very early, mm-hmm. very early in us doing these recaps of these books. And this is my favorite book by far. I mean, we're only two books in and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. This is the best thing I've ever read. Oh, it's so much fun. (laughs) We haven't even got to the part that is my favorite part of the whole book. Let's get there. Okay. All right. So poor TechNet, you know, they're trying to help, but all they are doing is just causing that much more devastation. Uh. We also learned that while uh, Body Bag was blowing it up, two entities materialized and flew out the window, which is gross. pretty disgusting, right? That's I mean, nasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kitty finally comes around to Brian's side and says that they never should have taken the tech net in. And uh, listen, they got good hearts. OK, Thank so you. I understand. I understand. And tech nets for all the damage that they've done before, they're trying their best to at least get in here and make things right. It's just mm-hmm. not going the way they planned. Now nah, these uh, poor orphans just keep messing things up. Yep. So Captain Britain, uh, shirtless and book in hand, mm-hmm. continues down the spiral staircase. Uh-oh. Nice, <laughs> dimly lit, if not completely dark room and finds the door handle. Well, I, I don't know. He may be expecting a supply closet, something on the other side where he can, it looks like a bedroom where he can finally relax and read his book. And when he opens up the door, flips the light on uh, in the basement area, he discovers numbers. Now remember numbers, the accountant, this guy who didn't want anything to do with that fight last time mm-hmm. got punched in the stomach by captain Britain. <laughs> Here he is tending to his wounds by <laughs> having a little private time with Lockheed. Okay, now let's let's I want you to step in here because at first I didn't understand that there were two Lockheeds. Obviously there's two that there's two because one looks completely different than the other. Yeah. Yeah. And this I was is a bigger one. Yeah. This is uh this is one from Earth five hundred ninety seven, and it's also a female. So uh they yeah, are getting it on in this room, dude. They, they are, are banging. <laughs> they, I mean, <laughs> Captain Britons opens up the door, and I, <laughs> the look on his face is just <laughs> classic. Uh, great. He's he's like numbers. He and the dragon, and you know, I I just the best, the absolute best. <laughs> so. As he decides, he's like, he goes, uh, I thought there might be, I might get a piece of, a bit of piece of, uh, read my book. And then, of course, he's stuttering, stammering, just like I am right now. And then numbers, oh, numbers, unnecessary embarrassment. His his speech is, his his speech patterns are classic. Ravishing, ravishing beauty, overwhelmed self, joy, oh, joy. (laughs) And Captain Britain has no idea what to do other than just like, GTFO, get yep. out, get out <laughs> as quick as possible. Shut the light off, and it's you know, uh, I'm sure that <laughs> this is a picture that will be burnt into his memory for years to come. Uh, but I know course, it'll be burnt into mine. Yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, anyway, so here comes Captain Britain as he's just like, okay, where can I go? And here comes Scatterbrain. Scatterbrain comes back. Now, she's got these weird set of powers that we find out that uh, if she hangs around somebody with, that is 
if she's if they're putting off like uh, emotion of uh, like mm-hmm. a strong mo- a strong emotion, she feeds off of that. And yeah. we find out a little bit about that because that's all she's doing is just feeding completely off of uh, Brian's like rage and anger as to what the situation is here. Uh, and, you know, he he kind of flips this stuff. Uh, this is where. um uh, let's see. Yeah, we see China doll. Oh, that's right. China doll <laughs> looking for something to eat <laughs> who is going through the trash and eating yeah. garbage and covered with maggots. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so Brian finally <laughs> says, I'm done. Tosses his book, gets <laughs> up, uh, says he, he might as well get away from it all. Just head back to London. He goes to fly up to the top of the lighthouse. However, forgot about Technic's gift of the null grab. <laughs> he goes right to the top of the freaking lighthouse and slams right into the right into the roof. Uh, it's just not a good day. This no. is not a good day. And then when Nightcrawler kind of pops in there, uh, he you can see Brian's like putting some things together uh, where because I think he, this tossed Megan to the side as well. Nightcrawler yeah. kind of jumped to her aid. And that's mm-hmm. when he comes to and he sees uh, Nightcrawler kind of picking her up. up on her. Yeah. yeah. He just flips out and he, he smacks Nightcrawler right in the face. Uh, they're going to go at it, buddy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's time. It's brawl time. Uh, so we get a neat little fight between uh, Captain Britain and Nightcrawler. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, it goes on for about, I don't know, what are we saying? Like three pages? Four pages yeah, about that. Sure. Yeah. And we're worried because Nightcrawler's not definitely not as strong as Captain Britain. No, no he's agile. Not. He's agile. He can he's obviously got the uh, you know, he can get out of the way of a punch. But you've you got to stop an oncoming train somehow and just bit bopping around. Plus, uh, this is where he finally said, you know, they finally have it out where they're talking about uh where, you know, Brian's just fed up with him and the lust in his eyes, mm-hmm. the lust, uh, the lust in his eyes, brother. So <laughs> fight they do. Um, now, he's only he's really trying, you know, Kurt's just kind of trying to defend himself here. He's trying to like I said, he's he'll he'll hit back if he needs to. But right now he's just trying to get out of the way. And of course, all Captain Britain is doing is just tearing everything up even more. Oh, yeah. Uh, even outside. Uh, and there's still there's, you know, there's damage. There's damage that's happening. Uh, so Megan calls for the fellas to cool it. And it isn't quite sure why they're fighting over her with tears in her eyes. She assures Brian that she gave him her heart and loves her teammates like family. She flies off to be alone. Phoenix follows her to make sure she's OK. Uh, now, mm-hmm. as the crowd disperses and we all have left our Brian and Kurt, who apologize to one another and drop some heavy truths. Brian admits to feeling insecure since dropping the slow solo hero act and assembling Excalibur. The fact that the team sometimes defers to Kurt for leadership has really done a number on his self-esteem. Uh, now, Kurt admits that he's dreamed of Megan. So here we're, we're actually going to have some stuff, you know, come out to light and let's men be men and talk about things, and, you know, get it, get it out there. Put it all on the table. Yeah. Right. And, and he tells Brian about the dream that he had where she turns into the embodiment of everything that Kurt wants. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's kind of Megan's power. She, we talked about that last episode where she will 
you know, she will transform into what people want or perceive, I guess you would say. Um, he doesn't get all that long to reflect on it, however, because dun dun dun, out of nowhere, <laughs> the Captain Britain Corps arrive to sweep Brian away, grabs him, takes him away. Um, yeah. This I wasn't expecting. I had no idea what was going on here. I didn't know there was a Captain Britain Corps. I didn't. Uh, I just know I see these people that are like analogs of Captain Britain sure. show up and bop, out he goes. So we've reached the end of that. Oh, wait a second. Meanwhile, on Erath. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so over here on Erath. Um, a different reality on a desolate planet called Erath. A sacrifice is being taken to the evil Dark Lord Necrom. But the deadly parade is stopped by an attack from Kylun, 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 Kylun. That's right. <laughs> Kylun and his followers, the rescue, the sacrifice. They rescue the sacrifice, which happens to be the prince- Princess Satnine, and they mm-hmm. forge onwards to defeat Necrom. So we, uh, wow. I mean, we have a couple battles going on here, one between Captain sure. Britain and one between Nightcrawler. And then we have Kylan and his forces uh, rescuing Princess Satnine and the big fight there on Erath. Um, all right. And that's it. Next issue. Mm-hmm. Witness for the prosecution. So uh, I'm trying to think of some of the notes that I I, I think we've covered. I mean, obviously, we covered the whole issue. Some of the stuff that really stuck out to me. Number one. Mm-hmm. I laughed. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I laughed at this issue. I, I loved every bit of it. Um, there were some hilarious parts just watching Brian try to deal with all the stuff that's going on. Uh, one of the notes I put in my side of things here was that I remember what it was like. Like, I don't know. It, it was probably more than five years ago. The house we were renting our mm-hmm. landlord came over and said, hey, I need to get this fixed outside. I was like, okay, great. All right. That construction went on. <laughs> it felt like years. Yeah. I'm sure it was like two weeks. But I have never in my life felt like just – I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I never wanted to throw something at oh. somebody more than at like 8 o'clock in the morning when I was trying to sleep on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And hear them out there – banging and banging and banging so i identify with what old captain britain's going through here um so that was one of the things that i i listed down here i laughed so hard at numbers and lockheed of earth 597 um i laughed at the exploding toilet just everywhere he turned it was just hijinks so anyway Step in, sir. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about this uh, about this oh, issue? Just loved it, and, and it's been so long since I've revisited this era of Excalibur, and uh, and actually when I when I opened it up and I saw TechNet, like even just last issue, um, I was just like, oh man, it's a TechNet story, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because. TechNet worked really well back here. Um, Chris Claremont would come back and uh, and do some stuff with TechNet later on, like in the mid 2000s, which isn't doesn't have any of the charm that this has. Mm. So this is so much more fun than than I remember it being, and then I that I feared it would be. I was really worried that this was just going to be like Madcap without any kind of charm, but it's it's just blown me away with how funny it is. Uh, 
uh, uh, Brian trying to read. That's that's something I think a lot of us can identify with here. Um, I, I used to work, you know, graveyard shift. So and when I lived at home with my family and uh, so I would try to sleep during the day and oh, man. it's like any sound is just uh, enough to drive you insane. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like you look for anywhere. It's like, OK, can I sleep in the garage? OK, can I get in the, can I sleep in the car? Maybe drive down the block. You do whatever you can just to get away. And uh, yep. I, I thought that was that was great. Um, the fight with Brian and uh, and Kurt was awesome. I love the fact that Kurt was he was just evading the whole time. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, whoa, you know, I I don't want any part of you. I don't want you to hurt me. And I guess Brian, I, I guess I did fail to mention. I mean, Kurt gets his leg broke. He, in that in the middle of that fight his femur that's not that's not an easy injury to have <laughs> no, no that's, that's bad news that's like the toughest bone in the body and uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, brian snaps it like nothing and uh and it, it just kurt's cool about it and you know no hard feelings and uh mm-hmm. um now the captain britain corps i do know about and when i saw them i groaned because oh, uh, really they're not I, I like the Captain Britain core stuff uh, back in the old Alan Moore uh, Captain Britain stuff. OK, um, because uh, if you've never read the uh, the Alan Moore, Alan Davis, Captain Britain uh, from the Marvel UK stuff, they it's like it's like one long story building up to a confrontation with a monster called the Fury. And by the by the time the Fury arrives, you are convinced that it is the most badass character ever mm. created. <laughs> it's just the way that the, and, and when Captain Britain does what he does to get past it, Captain Britain is legitimized in your in your mind. He's no longer just the, you know, the Britain, you know, the UK's Captain America anymore. He's actually just a legit, you know, powerhouse uh, force to be reckoned with. And uh, the Captain Britain Corps, a lot of like the 616 designation, that all comes from this Alan Moore run. Oh, okay. So, I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like anytime they mention Marvel 616, that all originates from a Captain Britain story written by Alan Moore. Okay. So uh, it, which is weird that it is so far reaching, but uh, but definitely love this issue. Uh, the Kylan stuff I could probably give or t- you know take. Yeah. Um, we we're building up to something there, so they just yeah. kind of got to keep you know spoon feeding us just little bits little bits it's if this doesn't pay off i'm you know i'm (laughs) gonna be upset but i'm sure it's going to at some point yeah yeah it will Uh, kylan is uh he he gets his own action figure so he'll 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 be around (laughs) but uh let's hop into uh the next issue here this is excalibur number 44 cover dated late november 1991 uh, as you mentioned, it is Witless for the Prosecution, written and drawn by Alan Davis, with inks by Mark Farmer. Lettered by Michael Heisler, colors Glynis Oliver, edits Terry Cavanaugh, editor-in-chief Tom DeFalco. Still has that hefty $1.75 price tag. <laughs> and uh, now we pick up right where uh, we left off here. Captain Britain was whisked away, and uh, we pop in on Otherworld. Now, this is kind of where it's like outside of reality where the Captain Britain Corps, it's like a nexus point where they all kind of convene. And uh, Captain Britain was whisked off here at the end of the previous issue, of course. Uh, He's here to be put on trial for his what we find out to be many, 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 many infractions. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, Not the least of which was his recent unprovoked attack on his teammate Nightcrawler. Now, this entire joint is crammed full of Captain Britons of the multiverse. And oh, uh, yeah. they're here. Oh, it's it's and it's it's cool how um, how different they all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, they, they are all very unique here. Uh, like on this front page here, we have one that almost looks 
like Captain America. Like you can only see the half of his face here, but it's it looks like he's got Captain America's cowl with the little wings. Yep. But it has a Union Jack on top instead of the A. So it's it's pretty cool. <clears throat> now they're here to decide Brian's fate, and uh, our man here is being represented by Captain UK. She's from Earth number eight thirty nine. Okay. And uh, we learn that if Brian is found guilty here, she will unfortunately share in his punishment just Ooh. by virtue of defending him. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you have to get used to when you're reading uh, the stuff here <laughs> is that, look, the rules that we are used to here on our Earth do not apply. OK, no. so this person is going to represent Brian and also potentially share in his fate, which is that's yes. a big that is a big you know, that's a big ask of somebody, and she sure. willingly volunteers, which is pretty cool. I don't know anything about that character, but I, you could tell that they had obviously had some run-ins in the past. The history, yeah. Yeah. Now, it's the funny thing is here, the other Captain Britons here, they're like almost like giddy at the prospect of call, of calling Brian guilty. They're like, they just yeah. can't wait. They're like <laughs> ringing, they're like cracking their knuckles. They're like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, now, before we get any kind of answers there, we hop back to our Earth, or Six one six anyway, um, and Phoenix has caught up with Megan, and they're sharing a moment. Uh, Megan is dealing with some of the, uh, well, literally fuzzy memories of her youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's searching for her parents uh, and doesn't have the first clue where to start looking. Now Rachel attempts to perform a psychic probe in hopes that maybe she'd be able to be a little bit of an of assistance to to uh, Megan here, maybe yeah. help her out, point her in a direction. Uh, what she learns, however, is that Megan's memories are not so unlike her own, at least in their fragmentation. Um, now, Rachel has plenty of excuse to have a jumbled mind. I mean, she was a hound. She's gone through time. She's She's been, you know, through the ringer. Oh, yeah. Um, but Megan's, like, weird brain clutter strikes her as a little bit weird, you know? It's like, huh, like, this is odd. And uh, she suggests, you know, we should look into this deeper maybe some other time. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. not right this minute. I was looking at some of the fragments. I couldn't tell which was hers and which was uh, which was Megan's. But, I mean, if you look at that picture of Phoenix kind of flying through some of the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, there is clearly what looked, looks to be like a, a very scary-looking Galactus in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But who in the world, any idea who who the guy is with the – x around his belt the, the one holding up the big giant yeah weight. yeah like it almost looks like colossus um okay. but I, I i don't i couldn't say um it might be something that i'm totally misremembering or it might be something because i know like it was like a like a year-long storyline called the cross time caper early on in excalibur yeah. mm-hmm. the, i don't know if this might be reflective of that because like they, they wound up in like medieval times they wound up in the future they wound up all over the place they ran into like analogs of familiar characters um i don't know if this might have something to do with that it's been oh boy it's been like a quarter century since i read that oh so, okay uh, yeah i couldn't tell you but uh that's my know. that's my best guess maybe i'm someone sure there's fill us in I was going to say, there's plenty of stuff to pick from through there that I'm sure, I'm sure reference a ton of history. Oh, uh, yeah. But all right, go ahead and continue. Certainly, certainly. Now, uh, Rachel mentions that during her Psylink event here, uh, she found a memory of some old friends of uh, Megan's. Now, this immediately triggers Megan to remember that she has some friends in London, the Scott family. And uh, without warning, she just flies toward London. She's like, <laughs> I gotta go. And uh, 
she's so lively and spont- spontaneous. Absolutely. And uh, Rachel follows right behind. She's like, oh, where is this girl going? Mm-hmm. Um, now, we shift scenes to Alistair Stewart of the WHO, of course, the Weird Happenings organization. Uh, yeah. Now, he arrives at the New Look Excalibur Lighthouse. Oh, uh, he, boy. Yeah, he... he he laughs at the fact that it now sort of looks like a mushroom. It's a mushroom, ladies and um, gentlemen. There, there were a few things that it might sort of look like, but uh, this is a family-friendly like show. Looks like Cable's gun. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it is a, uh, it is very suspect in uh, in in shape, um, which uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll concur. I will concur, sir. I will concur. Now, uh, Mr. Stewart, he enters the lighthouse and he immediately finds himself in the midst of a tech net battle royale. Oh, I, I didn't know what was going on. What did he step into here? Why are they fighting all of a sudden? <laughs> they were on lunch. No kidding. <laughs> now, he tumbles into that that zero or null grav elevator chute. And before he knows it, he's at the top of the world chatting up Kitty and Kurt. Now, he tells the XCs that he's here to see if Rachel, Phoenix, would like to uh, check out uh, some sort of a dig in Ireland that he's set to visit. And uh, Kitty gleefully informs him that Rachel's out, but she would love to go instead. Now, does Alistair have a thing for Rachel? Yes. Okay, and then obviously we learn that Kitty has a thing for Alistair. Yes, she's got the hot hot pants for Alistair. Okay, (laughs) all right, well, that's... That sounds like some great love triangle yes. drama that's going to happen at some point or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she's she's all excited. She's she's like, hey, I want to I want to. She's raring to go. And, yeah, let's uh, go. And Alistair looks a little bit uncomfortable with this. And I mean, considering that Kitty's probably all of 16 years yeah. old, I don't blame him all that much. That's <laughs> yeah, a little young. A little bit. Now he asks why the Technetters are fighting. You know what what's going on? Why are they here? Why are they fighting? And uh, you know, Nightcrawler fills them in on how they were orphaned and they took them in and uh, and they're fighting because they're on lunch break. And that's what they do during lunch. Um, a strange world those people come from. And, and it's like it's here, you know, when we first opened the book and it's the Captain Britain Corps, I kind of glazed over. But I get to this part and it's this is so much more fun than I remember it being. This is just <laughs> such this is a blast. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, before we know it, Kitty's already back, packed for her trip. She's dressed, ready to go. Yep. And she drags him through the wall, phases him through the wall and, uh, you know, floats down on steps of air to get to Ireland. Um, Now, we hop over to Erath. So it's not the epilogue this time. Um, Erath is actually Earth number 148. And uh, here we see Kylan and Satneen. They're still fighting the good fight, rebelling against that Dark Lord Necrom. And that's that's really about yeah. all we get from uh, <laughs> get, Kylan here. What, two pages? Two that's pages, it. maybe like 18 words. Uh, the rebellion <laughs> continues. All right. It's true. It's true. Uh, we hop over to London, and Rachel and Megan have arrived at the Scots house. Rachel chats up the oldies while Megan reconnects with the younger Josie Scott. After a while, Josie informs the gals about a psychic who uh, works nearby named Madame Zelda. And she thinks, hey, maybe Madame Zelda can give Megan some insight as to the location of her folks. Back to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. A fellow who I don't remember, but I'm sure he's he's been a bit player in the, uh, in the run here. A fellow by the name of Ka- Commander Thomas. He arrives along with a clairvoyant woman named Amelia Witherspoon and... Uh, She's just dying to rub Nightcrawler's fur. <laughs> he probably gets that a lot. He's I'm like, sure. all right, I'm tired of letting the old ladies 
<laughs> rub my fur. All right, go ahead. She, she says that Nightcrawler is devilish, devilishly handsome and would love to rub his fur. Um, now, they're here because they need Excalibur's help, and uh, we're going to get deeper into this story next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when we meet the N-Men, I believe. Uh, so, back in London, Megan Joy Rachel, Boy, leader of the group, I hope. Oh, he, he is he is definitely uh, up in the ranks for sure. Um, back in London, Megan, Rachel and Josie, they arrive at Madame Zelda's office or hole in the wall, wherever, wherever she operates. Mm-hmm. Um, they're told that only one is allowed to enter. And so Megan heads up the flight of stairs. She is the one looking for a reading after all. Upon arrival, she gives her hand over to the fortune teller who uh, kind of freaks out. Yeah, she's a little scared. She's yeah. absolutely frightened. It's 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 very, very true there. Um, Now, outside, Rachel and Josie do some late night window shopping inside. a. I love the name of this place. It's a Arfur's Antiques. <laughs> uh, good old Arfur. Arfur. Uh, now, it, while, while looking into this window, uh, Rachel spies a knife being lifted as though by itself. And uh, to look better into this, she changes into Phoenix and busts in to, uh, to investigate. Mm-hmm. She is then tackled by Micromax, a shape, uh, a size shifting fellow. Uh, and he, he reminds so- me of, um, <laughs> oh, my goodness, uh, Nexus. Is that the name of the character? Or I know that's oh, the, the name Valiant of the book. Oh, the Valiant guy? Or, yeah, or uh, the, the Steve Rude? Yes. Or, yes. That's mm-hmm. what he looks like to me. He does. He does. Yes. And uh, he assumes that Megan is the thief, and he declares that she is now – she he assumes that Rachel is the thief, make that, and he declares that she is under arrest. Rachel rightfully protests this, and soon Max is joined by some uh, nebbish fella in glasses who informs him that, yes, there was an invisible man in the shop before Rachel entered. <laughs> Micro Max begrudgingly lets Rachel off the hook, while poor Josie isn't sure what to make out of any of this. No, nah, she had no idea. Like, what is going on? It's I like, saw a big bird big on bird. fire. <laughs> <laughs> no now, clue. I, I hope you like Micro Max because he will. Uh, he will be back. Yeah, uh, I've jumped ahead a few times, uh, a few issues here, and I remember uh, we we will be seeing more of him in the future. Yeah, I think he might become a full-fledged team member before long. All right, then. Um, now, uh, Megan returns and shares her psychic reading. She tells the gals that while initially Madame Zelda was telling her exactly what she wanted to hear, go figure, a psychic telling you exactly what you want to hear, uh, when Megan looked as desperate as Megan looked and uh, asked for some specifics, the poor old fortune teller revealed that her entire act was a sham. That means it's the truth, sir. What's yep. going to be said, it will be the truth. <laughs> now we jump back to Otherworld. Uh, Captain Britain's many, 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 many crimes against the Corps are shown via a giant video screen. I'm glad they had the camera there the whole time to the catch all time. this. Every it's like, last time. It's like the camera in wrestling. Like you're not supposed to realize that it's there. And <laughs> you're backstage the with it. Yeah. <laughs> The performers have no idea that camera's there. Well, guess what? Neither did Captain Britain in his many escapades here. Mm-hmm. Now, it's uh, it's it's really cool here because they, they're actually calling back to, like, the entire volume. Yeah. I mean, we got cliff notes here for, like, you know, issue 12, issue 13. It's really cool that they did this. And it, it's just a, such a neat callback to everything that's gone down. It makes you feel like everything kind of mattered. Um, 
Now, now remember, I stepped in here at I mean, mm-hmm. I stepped in here with the issues that uh, we're starting with. Uh, sure. so I have no idea what's coming before uh, reading this. Obviously, I was able to gather in one page. OK, sure. these are some very important events that happened in the previous issues. And I got a good handle on on what occurred uh, mm-hmm. and it kind of made me think, well, man, some of this stuff's pretty cool. I'd like to go back and read it. So I'm I'm definitely down. Which, by the way, can we talk about the prosecuting attorney? You didn't even touch on who's prosecuting. Oh, yes. Captain Britain here. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's get a little, you know, let's get a little uh, awkward and uh, talk about. Is it Hoffman? Hoffman, England? So. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sure it's I butchered it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, we got a Nazi Captain Britain. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh. Okay. I, I've never read anything with the Nazi Captain Britain in it, but I assume he's there. It seemed like there was a history there as well. I'm I think that they've ran into each other during, uh, you know, something in the past, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it's a little awkward. Yep, he's he's got a he's got a uh, swastika on his outfit and everything and right over the old heart, too. Right over just... the heart. Right over the heart. Not my um, favorite Captain Britain Corps member. I'll no, just say that. He's not. coming up in the next page, though. I'll tell yes. you who that is. Oh, yes. This is <laughs> where we meet Brother Britman from Earth 65. An Brother old hippie. Britman. <laughs> Brother Britman. Oh, my gosh. So the, the funniest part about this is how, you know, Hopman England's, you know, he lays it all out there and he says this is what he's done and this is what he's done and brother Britman's like wait a second man <laughs> you forgot about this and this and this and this <laughs> one of the guys steps up he's like oh that's the next case man <laughs> he's like oh how do i keep track of all this and he's so burnt out he has, he's so burnt out he has no way of keeping track of what's happening in front of him but he's right up there on the council or adjudic- whatever he's doing up there Oh man, great stuff, Captain! Oh, excellent. Yeah, just just count me in, count me all the way in. <laughs> on that, yeah, it's, on like, that it's like if if you picture like maybe like Jerry Garcia in like a yes. uh, Union Jack outfit, it's it's wild. Um, we don't have actual <laughs> names here. I mean, Captain Britain of six one six, Brian Braddock. Do we have another name for Captain Britain Man or whatever his name was here? It could very well be. <laughs> Jerry Garcia sitting up there. It very well might be. Brother, brother Brit man, excuse me. Oh, wait, his name is actually Gills Wheel. Is it really? Yeah, Gills right. Wheel. Yeah. Okay. And, is that, uh, in the, that, look that up. That's not in this. I did look it up. Okay. That's not, that is not in my frontal lobe. That is something I had to dig up. Um, and uh, believe you it or tell not. Tell me we get a cross time caper involving him. It'd be well, like the. <laughs> This is actually his first appearance. All right, dang yeah, it. So, uh, and it, from the looks of it, it might be his only appearance. Oh, uh, uh, at, at least in Excalibur. Uh, we need yeah. we need a, a, a standalone graphic novel of nothing but <laughs> Brother Britman's exploits. <laughs> I, I think we do. I think we do because he is uh, he is the standout here. I mean, screw Kylan. He is not the uh, no. He is no. not the sensational character find of '91. <laughs> it, it is Brother Britman. Oh boy, but yeah, this is this is so much more fun than I thought. Um, now it's time for you know the decision to be made here, and the verdict comes in very quickly. Um, Brian is found, well, duh, guilty. Uh, his punishment, 
death. Uh, okay. Right now. <laughs> so this, you know, obviously flies off the handle pretty quickly. Yes. Okay. I didn't realize that, number one, you're going to sentence this guy to death by beating by the rest of the core. Okay. That's pretty, mm-hmm. that's pretty brutal. Uh, luckily, our defense attorney or um, uh, our lady, uh, what was her name again? Captain, um, Captain UK. Captain UK. She steps, she steps, uh, she, well, she doesn't step aside. Brian says, hey, I, I don't want you to represent me. And then he gives a full on finger point, full on mm-hmm. finger point to the rest of the Captain Britain Corps. He says, I make no plea because I refuse to recognize the authority of this court. Do what you will. I'm not playing your silly game. Now, here's here's some fun stuff is watching the core members all react that he's pointing towards. We have some dude who doesn't wear a shirt and just is wearing apparently suspenders uh, that are crossed across his body. And he just he he says in bold letters, roar. And then we have, uh, oh, my goodness, this guy is like from old time England uh, scoundrel. And we have another girl yelling outrage. And then Ebenezer. Well, no, it's the guy that you were pointing to earlier. The uh, the one that looked like Captain America, but was wearing he had the wings on his hat. Yes. His his response is bah humbug. Bah humbug. Yeah, now, I, I don't know about Captain you. England. How many times have you used bah humbug in actual like unironically? <laughs> unironically <Never>. in anger <laughs> and surprise. <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> All right. So anyway. Yeah, sentenced to death. Effective immediately. Right now. <laughs> Cliffhanger, buddy. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, uh, man, a, a very fun pair of issues here. Uh, just so many things happen in here. Every, it feels like every character is getting a little bit of a shine here, which uh, we don't get too often these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, a pleasure to read this, which... Yeah. Uh, which almost surprised me because I don't remember enjoying these that much the first time I read them. Um, just uh, I really had a blast here. Alan Davis's work here, um, which I, I'm kind of take it or leave it with Alan Davis. Uh, I don't always love his work, but uh, these issues here have been fantastic uh, art wise. Um, he, he's he's managed to pull together this like weird otherworldly cartoonishness with uh with technet and just clean classic superhero comics all in the same it all in the same panel and it doesn't look like we're watching roger rabbit you know uh, yeah yeah everything fits together i'm going to completely agree with you on that i have no complaints about the art here uh what i'm really scared of <laughs> and i hate saying this because i i love the 90s i love I love how uh, you know violent it can get. I love how uh, titillating it can be. Sure. You know that's that's what the 90s were all about. And here I am reading a book. What we say this was 91, late 91, mm-hmm. and I don't want it to change. And I'm really scared that it's going to. <laughs> like I'm scared that we're going to. There's some serious fare here. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I don't know what's coming down the pipe. You probably know more than I do. But I I don't want to see this fun. You know, the, the the fun dynamic that is happening mm-hmm. in this book change. And I'm kind of worried, like, you know, when you listen to the other X books that are going on, there's a lot of, you know, grim angst. and gritty and angst. Yeah. Yes. And seriousness going on. And I feel like this is one of these books that I'm sad I wasn't reading at the time 
But I'm also worried now that, like, are the 90s going to do something to this book that I'm not going to like? So <laughs> don't spoil it for me because I'm along for the ride. But, uh, you know, it, I've had a blast. Just, I mean, we're going three books in and I'm having mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah, we've we've got a while to go. Um, there there will be there there is going to be a shift. Um, I mean, Warren Ellis takes over this book for a number of years. Okay. Uh, so there will be a shift. It's good. It's just different. Okay. Um, but uh, he will he will do he'll, he will work some some pretty fun magic uh, into it. Um, it's going to become a lot more intertwined with the X universe. Yeah, uh, this where, this definitely uh, feels like it's kind of it's on the outskirts. Yes, very much. Yeah, yeah, but it will intertwine. It will take part in crossovers. So I mean, there will be like a Phalanx Covenant. There will be. Uh, I mean, it will get an Age of Apocalypse series. Uh, yeah, there are uh, all that stuff will be coming down the pike. But uh, we have a while until we get to that. We've got. I think we've got a good couple of years of uh, of Alan Davis, uh, a boisterousness and and fun here. So very good. Nothing very really good. to worry about. Okay. But uh, yeah, that that is our you know our Excalibur coverage for November. Two issues, like forty something pages of comics. So really good stuff here. I, I I'm always a little trepidatious when they do the, uh, the the twice a month shipping, especially when it's one person doing all of the work. Yeah, man, that's a workload. Yeah, a and, and he doesn't slip a bit. That's uh, good. The first page looks just as good as the last. Um, Alan Davis, true professional, just just killing it here uh, on these two issues here. But uh, you know, before we wrap up for uh, for this month's uh, Excalibur excursion, <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a page out of uh, Moratory Mondays. Um, if anybody listens to that program, and this is like the third or fourth time I'm explaining this concept. Uh, we cover the entire thing, the entire book, including the bullpen bulletins page, which usually includes an editorial profile. So it's a, a profile of a Marvel staffer, a Marvel editor. And since we did the whole introduction thing last time, I figured maybe this time it'll be fun to maybe do a pod file and ask all the silly, stupid questions that Marvel would ask of its editors to all the hosts. So okay. uh, if you're game, we will do that right now. Let's rock and roll. So, what's your gig? What do you do? Ah, so most of uh, now we're talking podcast wise, correct? Sure. Mm-hmm. Podcast. So I, I do a podcast called Source Material, uh, and it is best way to put it, just a book club uh, that's kind of in podcast audio form. Um, me and a few other people that are interested in reading a book, we'll sit down, read a few issues of something or a first volume, second volume, anything we can get our hands on. And then we'll synopsis it. Synopsis, 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 something like that. I say that five different ways every time. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll sit there, we'll do the synopsis, and then we'll kind of talk about what happened in the book. Anything that comes to mind, it's just, you know, some people sitting down having a good time talking about comics. Um, Mm. You can uh, also hear another podcast that I do, uh, which is the Unspoken uh, Issues podcast, and that's over on the unspokendecade.com. And that right there is um, a podcast that's kind of devoted just to 90s uh, comics. Now, mm-hmm. here's here's the cool thing about that. That is uh, a it, it's an issue by it's an issue chosen by 
the fans or friends of the Facebook page. So we'll put gotcha. up we'll put up an a issue. Poll. Yeah, and you get to mm-hmm. pick one, and then after a week, we we know which which issue we're going to be talking about. Very cool. Um, so yeah, there you go. I mean, over there, <clears throat> I usually do podcasts. On top of that, I do. I mean, my goodness, uh, my Twitter <laughs> handle is Mr. Podcast a lot because at one point I was doing, I mean, three podcasts a week, where I was doing uns- unspoken issues, Metal Hammer of Doom, uh, TV Party Night. Metal Hammer of Doom is just basically a podcast about the uh, upcoming metal album that we listen to and me and Mark Rattlish talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, podcasting is kind of the thing that I do uh, a lot of in my free time there. Very cool. And uh, Mr. Mark Radulich, uh, I think he's going to be joining us uh, for the third episode of From Claremont to Claremont to discuss a uh, Wolverine Ghost Rider Punisher crossover. So That uh, is spectacular. I remember yes. actually getting that <clears throat> one of the first few books that I bought off eBay. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I, I got that graphic novel because I'm a Punisher fan, uh, mm-hmm. so wanted to get a hold of that, and I remember reading it a long, long time ago. So Mark, I remember saying he'd never read it before, so it'll be fun to listen to his uh, take on it. Oh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Do you have any like past work that uh, maybe stuff you used to do that you don't do anymore that you'd like to shout out? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's out there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they... We did have a podcast called From the Cheap Seats, which was like my first ever podcast gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was the thing where I, me and another guy uh, were fans of the Rattlich and Broadcasting Network. And we talked to Mark. We're like, hey, man, we're thinking about doing a sports-related podcast. Um, now, the guy who started that off had a few hosts. He went through probably about, I don't know, maybe two months of episodes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I stepped in. So from the cheap seats, I don't know if you can find any episodes out there that lasted for about two years. And then, of course, you know, uh, the the old uh, uh, work duties got in the way for my co-host. And we just said, okay, well, we can't make this work. So we kind of let that one set aside. One of my other podcast ventures was uh, with a uh, site called Screaming the Screaming Boy podcast. And it was. Uh, a, a podcast that I talked him into letting me do, and he basically was just along for the ride, where I was doing something called the Hulu Documentary Diary. And the goal, well, listen to this, <clears throat> the goal was to sit there and look at all of the documentaries that were on Hulu and okay. go from the very first one to as far as I could get. So I was oh, wow. going to start in whatever the numbers were, watch it, and then talk about it. Uh, and I made it through... I don't know. I'd probably say about nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And I watched some stuff that was really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, just because I, I, the goal was I was no matter what it was, I was going to watch it and then mm-hmm. we would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there there was some there were some topics. It's like, oh, man, I don't know if I can get through this. Uh, one of the roughest ones I watched was, um, oh, my goodness, I want to say it was three from Columbine. I wish I could remember oh, the name boy. of it. Yeah. And it was it was heart wrenching. Sure. Heart wrenching. Uh, but, you know, it was a fun project to get through. And if you could find some documentary diary uh, podcasts out there, you know, again, that was me cutting my teeth. Uh, mm-hmm. That was really early on in my podcast career, if you <laughs> if you will. And, and something tells me that uh, that, you know, uh, going through uh, streaming documentaries on audio is going to be a pretty big deal from now on mm. uh, i feel like there there something might have happened uh in the uh in the streamosphere where uh, people might uh think that there's going to be some hits there so there, there just may be 
There yeah, might be. <laughs> now, uh, what, what some of uh, I mean, you've gone through what you do now, so I guess current content has been has been covered. Is there anything that you'd like to add uh, as uh, current content? Uh, no, I mean, basically, like I said, source material, Metal Hammer of Doom, pretty much anything that I can hop in on that I have the free time to do so on the Rattelichen Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they they do a, they try to basically tie everything in together all week. Uh, sure. For like we just recently did the Picard. I think that's coming out sometime here recently. Well, mm-hmm. we did the Picard uh, on source material, which was Picard countdown. So that's kind of like the lead up to the show. And then TV party tonight is going to be them talking about the, the actual first show. season. Yeah. The first okay. season. So they usually try to tie all that stuff together, but very cool. yeah. And then unspoken, unspoken issues. If you get a chance to check that out as well. Very cool. Very cool. And all the links to everybody's stuff will be included in the notes and on the site. Um, uh, hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> it's real base. It's real basic. Listening to podcasts, collecting comics, I do go to auctions every once in a while, and that's a lot of fun. I actually cool. tried to do uh, a podcast about an auction I went to. It was the, it was the most, I don't know, best way to describe it. It was the most comics I'd ever seen in one room in my entire mm-hmm. life. And they were, they were auctioned off, uh, and there was some great issues there. Uh, there was a first Swamp Thing. There was uh, a first Wolverine. I mean, so anyway, I went to this auction – and tried to do a podcast on it. And it's interesting because you get to see how cheap stuff can potentially go. But I'll tell you right now, that one, there wasn't anything going cheap because there was online bidding and all that. But usually gotcha. you get the bulk, a big bulk of comics for real cheap uh, at an auction usually. And so there's that's probably the only hobby that I got into recently that I I try to make time to do. Uh, and while I'm at the auction, I listen to podcasts and tro- hopefully collecting comics by the end of it. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Now, what would you say your uh, your the your you know content creation work uh, that you're the most proud of? Uh, that's easily my uh, comic book podcast source material. We're at over 250 episodes, closing in on 300. Nice. Um, learned a lot about comics, man. I I come into this collecting since. You know, casually at 10 years old and then probably ramped things up when I was about 14 mm-hmm. and then kind of got out of it again. Uh, so I didn't really have much of a chance to get in there and, and read and experience some of the really good stuff that was out there. Sure. I started the podcast. And, you know, when you start talking to people that have this hobby, enjoy comic books, there are a lot of favorites on people's lists. And you know, without this podcast, I probably wouldn't be able to experience some of those comics because I wouldn't have known about them. Sure. Um, so I would say I'm really proud of that because it's it, it's not only has let me read and learn about a lot of what's happened in comics. I've made a lot of friends along the way. Absolutely. Uh, a lot. And I've also seen people become friends uh, on online because of the podcast that I do. So that. I cannot tell you how proud that makes me. No, that's uh, very cool. That is super cool. No, I love hearing stuff like that. That's it, it's the, one of the byproducts of putting a show together and forming a community, uh, big or small. Uh, that yeah. Sometimes you don't even consider until like 
until you realize that, you know, it's like, wow, you know, those people are talking because of something we all did together. That's right. And now they're doing their own thing or they're hanging out or they're or they're Skype chatting. And I think that's one of the uh, one of the like invisible uh, just benefits of doing this. Absolutely. uh, Very, very cool. Uh, Now, what would you say was uh, your biggest pet peeve? So I thought about this one. (laughs) And. I, I can usually handle just about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, like I said, pretty easy going, dude. Um, I would have to say people that don't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that you run into that no matter what you say, it just goes in one ear and out the other. And that drives me nuts, mm-hmm. drives me nuts. Uh, and that might have something to do with the fact that type of work that I do in real life. Sure. <laughs> But, but it, you know, that, that is probably one of the worst aspects of people, people who don't actually listen, who would just, you know, rather get over to get the conversation over. Um, So that's, there you go. Biggest pet peeve. I don't have too many. Like I said, I I think the whole listening thing, by the way, I'm a father of three children. Um, (laughs) So... The whole listening thing might have started there. I don't know. But uh, no matter how many times I tell the kids, listen, don't do that. Uh, and, and turns out they went ahead and did it anyway. Sure. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest biggest pet peeve I have. Gotcha. Uh, where were you born? Marietta, Ohio. I'm still there. I did take a uh, a brief uh, excursion, uh, if you will, Excalibur excursion. I did, <laughs> I did leave the, the hometown at one point and – we ventured out, I don't know, for probably about four or five years. And then after uh, my daughter was born, about a year after my daughter was born, I really got lucky with a job uh, back at home. And that. Th- it opened up, and I applied for it and got it and was able to come back here and and still still living in the place I was born and raised. How about that? That, that's that, that's awesome. I, it, as a person who moved across country after high school, it's uh, I, I love the idea of you know being in the same place, just having roots. And, yes. Uh, uh, because I, I I don't have none of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. What would you say is your greatest achievement outside of podcasting? Okay. Thought about this one too. I was like, man, what really did I accomplish outside? Now, I could go the you know, the easy route and say, hey, I'm uh, a dad, I'm a, mm-hmm. a, a husband, uh, put together a life for my kids and, and everything is going swimmingly there. But <clears throat> we've got to we've got to nail this down. So <laughs> this is a comic book podcast. I will say that when my second son was born, I had I had made a decision and I was like, I am going to pick a comic book and I'm going to collect that comic book until he turns 18 years old. And I'm going to give him the collection. Damn. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So I, the night that he was, it was either the night or night, the night he was born or night night after. It was in February. Mm-hmm. I remember being bitterly cold, walking out of the hospital. My wife was getting some rest. And I made my way down to Asylum Comics, which was probably walking distance from the hospital if I wanted to mm-hmm. freeze. But <laughs> I rode down there and I said, I wanted a copy of Amazing Spider-Man. And I want gotcha. that on the pool list. I had to, 
it took me a while to figure out, well, what's a good comic to pick? Because you got to pick something that is going to last 18 years. <laughs> yeah, that won't get canceled. Yeah. That won't get canceled. Amazing Spider-Man is probably one of the best bets up there. I think uh, so. So I've got 10 years of Amazing Spider-Man sitting in some long boxes here, all ready Love for it. Caleb when he, oh. when, you know, and it's going to break my heart when the kid tells me he doesn't like comic books. He doesn't books. care about <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> He's like, this will give me my Xbox 9. Thanks, Dad. Oh, all right. Thanks, oh, kid. I love that story. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, what would you say is your oddest habit? Okay. All right. Uh, I cannot wait to hear what the rest of everybody else thinks <laughs> on this one. <laughs> this is like the hardest question, I think, of this whole time. I, I went through the rest of the list, came back to this one twice, and I was like, ah, oh, no, I don't have, I can't do that. So here's what I put. I am a very one lane kind of guy okay so i very rarely venture outside of what i like so i probably got i don't know uh the biggie fry biggie hamburger combo from wendy's for like 10 years straight because i was scared of getting something else off the menu you know i I, I, if you take me to a restaurant, I'm scared of going to the restaurant because I don't know what I'm going to get. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy myself because it's so outside of my norm. Sure. Um, and it's funny because I find myself scolding myself because I'm not trying new things. Um, and you know, like, like reading comics, I never picked up Excalibur because I was so used to, I want to read X-Men and that's all sure. I want to stick with. I, I want to, you know, I enjoyed this. That's all. I'm, I'm afraid of going outside of my comfort zone. So I guess that would probably be one of the oddest habits that I have. The kids would probably tell you all the weird songs that I make up about the stupid stuff that they do, but we'll stick with the one that <laughs> I self-criticize myself uh, on because the rest of that, that one I have fun doing, for but sure, uh, for sure. there you go. Awesome. Now, this is the question I've been really curious about for everybody, and it's probably the dumbest one on the list. But uh, <laughs> who would play you in a movie about your life? OK. All right. I I went with probably likeness, mm -hmm. uh, you know, somebody that looks like me and kind of has the the attitude. So I've been told a lot, especially by my sister, that I look like Kevin James. So okay. King of Queens, um, mm -hmm. uh, here comes the boom. Now, if we're going to go anyone dead or alive, has, has that been, is that on the table? Sure. All right. Chris Farley. So I will okay. go with Chris Farley. Uh, I enjoyed both those guys have a great sense of humor. So <clears throat> that's who I'm going to go with. I'll go with Kevin James or Chris Farley. Very good. Very good. Uh, now why comics? Okay. Comics, I had to write this down because I had to get my thoughts straight on this. <laughs> Go and ask a why question. Uh, so comics are a medium where just about anything can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you and, and, and you can actually see it happening right there on the page. Um, it's not hard to find a title that has aspects that appeal to you. So, you know, you may be a guy who likes action and superheroes. Well, hey, we've got a title for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I like crime. Okay. We got a crime comic right over here. Check this out. I'm a big drama type of guy. That's all right. Comics are right here that you would enjoy. Um, now, when I 
started getting into comics in the late 80s and early 90s, um, what happened on those pages were rarely adapted to like the bigger small screen. I mean, we are at a age now where it's just like, uh, you know, you you hear them optioning some of the most obscure stuff from back in the day. You're like, how? Why? Why is this not <laughs> happening when I was a teenager? Um, so comics were where I could go as a kid uh, and grab something that I, you know, I could actually see happening in front of me, sure. uh, whether it be superheroes, uh, drama or or crime or whatever. You could grab a comic book and see that happen. Um, and that just stuck with me. Uh, so from there on out, you know, the the. The media has got the medium has gotten even better and more expansive. I mean, you can see crossovers between. Let's just look at DC versus Marvel. You'll never mm-hmm. see that on the screen. No, I mean, you'll never I'll see that on the big screen, and it'll take like heaven and earth to move before you'd see that happen on the screen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, they did it over 20 years ago, yeah. close to 1995. Yep. <laughs> so that that is that is something that comics can deliver to me that i'm not going to see in any other medium um so it it, it was just like anything's possible anything's possible here bro anything's possible you come on in we got something for you very cool very cool now uh what did people in high school think of you okay (laughs) i never asked (laughs) i didn't go up to anybody said what do you think of me uh of course you know as a high schooler you're you're that's probably all you're thinking is like man does this girl think I'm a douche? Does this guy mm-hmm. think I'm, you know, am I, am I a cool guy? Uh, I would hope that they thought I was, uh, you know, somebody that was likable enough and funny enough to actually get by. I, w- I would say that I skirted the line between uh, nerd. Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to offend anybody here, but that's what I felt like. <laughs> I felt like a nerd every once in a while. Uh, but even back in the 90s, you had the you had friends, the cliques that you hung out with. and. Sure. Most of the people I hung out with were from all different sorts of, you know, and this guy was from the cool clique. That guy was kind of the nerdy guy. And I I felt like I was, oh man, what's the best word? Like universal? How's sure, that? Sure, sure. That, adaptable. Yeah, I, and That's yeah. a great one. So yeah. that, that's what I'd hope they'd look at me and say, that's an adaptable dude right there. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, uh, man. <laughs> now, who are some of your favorite performers? Ah, okay. So I did... I, I divvied up between TV, mm-hmm. movies, music. Okay, gotcha. we'll start with music because that's probably this is probably you know not too many people have heard of these guys. Uh, I'm a big fan of Clutch. Uh, they're a, a hard rock uh, mm-hmm. kind of bluesy type of a band. Been a fan of them since college. Uh, enjoy them. So if you're a Clutch fan, shout out to you, Gearhead. <laughs> um, movies, I you know there are a lot of great performers out there. Really like Tom Hanks. Okay. okay. All right. I'll go with Tom Hanks. He's safe. And just about anything I've seen him in, he's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. TV. Okay. So I went with Mick Foley. Okay. All right. Now, Mick Foley had a match that I'm sure you will remember, sir, <laughs> between him and The Rock, where The Rock hit him over the head. 20-something like, times. 20-something times with a chair. <laughs> I watched that pay-per-view and got a massive amount of respect for the man mm-hmm. and the performance. I was a wrestling fan before then, but then to watch that guy put himself through that punishment. Sure. I was, I was amazed. Now, you know, 
Mick Foley's he's when, when it comes to acting ability, he's, he's a great wrestler. You know, he, he's a great entertainer. I said to myself that night, I said, if I ever meet this guy in person, I am going to shake his hand. Mm-hmm. And I never knew if the time would ever happen. This was man. What was that? Ninety. That was uh, that was Royal Rumble 1999. So January 99. of 99, January 99. Fast forward to 2000. I want to say 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just so happened Mick Foley was going to make an appearance at the Comic-Con down in Huntington, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to go shake that guy's hand. And I went down there and I said, sir, I would like to pay for your autograph. <laughs> Here's the money. And I said, any way I could shake your hand. And I have it on film uh, right there cool. on the old picture. I got to shake Mick Foley's hand, something that I set out to do like 15 years earlier. Uh, but, yeah, I love Mick Foley. So there That's you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, what was the last good book you did or didn't read? That's a good question. It's very most likely been a while since I've read a book. <laughs> uh, I remember my wife went to a, gosh, some kind of thrift store, found a uh, one of those books that had the cover shorn in half. Like they're not supposed to resell the book or something. I don't yeah, know one of the throwaways. Did. Yeah. Yep. It was Dark Tower Book Three from Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And I uh, she gave me that book and I started reading and I was hooked immediately. Um, now, I enjoyed the first three because I read the third one first. And I was like, oh, I got to go back to the first one. And mm-hmm. then there's apparently eight of these books. So I've been trying to read those for a while. So gotcha. we'll just say uh, the Dark Tower. Very is cool. probably is probably the last good book that I really read. Now, what was the last good movie you saw? Ooh, that, that was just not too long ago. I watched uh, Onward with uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the it showed up on Disney Plus not too long ago. Is that ago. the Pixar thing? Pretty sure. I think it, I, you're not the first person who said that yeah. when this question came out. So yes. yeah, it was. It's I mean my goodness, it's the heartwarming. Brothers? Yep, the brothers okay. who yeah, it's 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 very good. It's it reminds me. Well, it's it just tugs on your heartstrings and the very the ending is great. So I'm not mm-hmm. I, I, I would advise anybody who has the opportunity to watch it do so. Very cool. Now, who would you say or who or what would you say is the biggest influence on your content creation? OK, easily. And the <laughs> clearly like he has the the most influence, considering he's the one that runs the network. And that's Mark Bradley. <laughs> There okay. you go. <laughs> he, he makes the schedule. So he clearly influences what I'm going to cover when it comes to content. Now, the way that Mark does things, he wants to usually tie everything in. Like I said, every uh, a week on a weekly basis. So if there's if, if somehow wrestling would tie into a comic and tie into a movie and then tie sure. into a TV show, that's what everything we would serves do. the greater purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's what we would do. So uh, Mark Radlich and his uh, his schedule, as it were, uh, were definitely w- one of the biggest influences right now. If you listen to my show, I I, I won't you know, I, I will reference another podcast on here. You can bleep them out later if you want to. But no, no. Totally. <laughs> uh, they the the guys from iFanboy were mm-hmm. probably if you look at my show and the way I do my show, it's. It's not modeled off of theirs, but if you took a look at like a bookplode that they do where they <laughs> sit down, they look at a book and they talk about it. That's pretty much what my show is. Uh, I, I open it up with some music, get into the discussion, close it out with some music. If you're going to look at similarities, there's probably some there, but we're not doing no pick of the week or anything like that. But I would say that listening to those guys, 
I kind of got an idea of the type of show that I would like to do. Very cool. Very cool. Now, uh, what would you say is your greatest unfulfilled ambition in podcasting? Uh, I always set out on a journey to talk comics with people <laughs> and make some friends along the way. I'm, I've been pretty content with all the friends that I've made through all my podcasts and all the content that I've covered. Uh, maybe the yeah, if a creator, like a creator of a book, let's just say, you know, throw Todd McFarlane out there. Mm -hmm. He either shared something with me privately or shared something with all of his followers that he really enjoyed my work <laughs> and okay. really made it obvious that he listened to the show. That's what I would say, like – if I could say I had an ambition, it would be like, I want a creator to actually sit down and listen to my show and say, hey, here, th this was this was great. I enjoyed what you put out there. And it, like I said, it could be publicly. It could be privately. I don't care. Sure. That would be uh, I, that would probably be the check mark. That's, and a, I would that's say, a cloud okay, nine moment. Yeah, yeah I'm done. I, I'll, I'll be perfectly fine with whatever I do from here on out. Very cool. Very cool. Now, uh, conversely here, what would you say is the worst part of creating content for the Internet? That's easy. That's real easy. It's the time, the time that you invest, the time yeah. that it takes for you to create the content, to edit the content, to shine it up, uh, publishing it, trying to share it. That's all time that you get taken away from you that you could be. And when you're sitting down in your basement like I am right now and you start thinking, you know, should I be upstairs hanging out with my kids and and playing Lego uh, superheroes or that's stuff that weighs on you when you're doing this. And sure. even though that's there, uh, if you enjoy what you do, you can get past that. And I, I look at it as a kind of like a, I, want, I, I don't know, not a diary, but it's a, it's a record of what I did at one point and my kids can go sure. back yeah. mm -hmm. and listen and say, you know, Hey, you know, dad talked about this and dad talked about that. And whether they should be listening to the podcast, it might be <laughs> another story, but we do, we do get a little, uh, the language gets a little coarse there on the old, on, uh, on the old source material every once in a while. But regardless, you know, that that's there. And I, I truly enjoy sharing it with everybody out there. Uh, and, and that has the chance to listen and also interact. So uh, I would say it's definitely the time, man. You don't get that mm -hmm. time back, and it's it's tough to tough to kind of struggle with to that. Justify sometimes, sure, yeah. Now, uh, when nobody's looking, what do you do? <laughs> uh, I usually find something to do, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I I do uh, usually I'm sitting down here either editing or trying to find something to watch on TV. I'm, I don't know. It's, I don't know if they're digging, if they ask the editors this, I'm curious as to what the most embarrassing thing someone's going to say. Like, oh, well, you know, I get naked. It, All right. It's, yeah. It's usually like, I crack my back. I take a nap. It's, it's always something silly <laughs> in the bullpen. Yeah. I'm I, honestly, I'm just, if, if nobody's around, I'm trying to find something to keep my mind off of being by myself, I guess, just watch the TV, read some comics. Now, with everything we've already asked you and everything we've learned about you, what what else should the people know about you? So I would say that I'm a pretty simple, laid back guy. I just enjoy talking comics and movies and 
music and TV, uh, you're you're not going to get much more of a generic answer other than that, right? <laughs> I'll I, I'll be up and honest with you. I mean, it, I I'm a pretty open book. Uh, I just sit here and I I talk about some stuff. I have a good time, and it, like I said, it's hard to get me riled up. Um, I'm not that complicated. Uh, that's that's all you really got to know. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking part in this uh, excruciating questionnaire. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope the folks are enjoying uh, this little uh, dip into uh, into the you know the personal side of uh, of the folks here and uh, learning a bit about uh, what makes us all tick. Uh, I think uh, I know I've had a lot of fun uh, soliciting these answers, so I hope that it's uh, contagious to the listeners here. But uh, I think that'll do us for Excalibur for this month, and uh, I will send it over to whatever silly sound clip I have, and then uh, I think after this will be maybe Wolverine. We'll see.